My handle is Jonathan Blade. Welcome to my podcast. So, I got a chance to have the new chicken sandwich in town this evening. The Popeye's Fried Chicken Sandwich. There's a big viral marketing campaign where they're uh, in competition with Chick-fil-A, known as the king of the chicken sandwich, and it's a good time for that push because of the controversy surrounding Chick-fil-A and the fact that they kind of actively support an anti-homosexual agenda, anti-gay agenda. So I had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, and uh, it was ridiculous. Getting the chicken sandwich was ridiculous because it wasn't that I had that idea all by myself. All of America, or all of the area in which I live, also had the same idea. So I got off work, and I stopped by the Popeye's, and there was a line. Actually, I take that back. So I got off of work, and I went straight to Bojangles, and I was like, so uh, what's the deal with this new chicken sandwich that you have? The empty Bojangles, what's the deal with this new chicken sandwich that you have? And she looked at me crazy, and she said, that's Popeye's. So embarrassed, not really, but I, I said, you know what, I'm here, so maybe I'll, never mind. And the Popeyes is across the street and down the block a little bit. So I uh, humped on over to Popeyes, and the line was around the block of cars trying to get through the drive-thru of Popeyes, and the line inside was wrapped around the Popeyes of people waiting for their Popeyes chicken sandwich. So I got in line, because I was there. And I got myself a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And it was good. It was it was good. Not uh, waiting for an hour good, but, uh, you know, something new. It was good. I don't know that I would say it's a better sandwich than Chick-fil-A. It's just different. It's, uh, it's more like southern fried chicken. So Chick-fil-A has a thinner, it has a coating that it's fried in. Uh, you know, and that peanut oil and the very specific seasonings in the coating. I actually worked at Chick-fil-A in uh, high school for a number of years, so I'm intimately familiar with that. But the Popeye's chicken sandwich is like southern fried chicken. It has a crispier, crunchier fried chicken coating, so the experience is different. And also they, they're they using a, a different kind of roll, and uh, they, they toast the roll with uh, butter. They grill the roll, so the experience... Uh, is a little bit different there, and it tastes really good. I got the spicy ones. So they have spicy mayo on there, which is very tasty. But I, I wouldn't say it's it's better than a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Oh, I got mine with no pickles, too, because that's a big part of the Chick-fil-A experience. Popeye says, hey, we use big slabs of pickle as opposed to two little sickly slices of pickle. But I don't like pickles, so I did not get it with pickles. Uh, but it was good. It was good. It's just it's different than Chick-fil-A, not necessarily better. And I definitely wouldn't wait an hour for uh, any sandwich ever again. I, I usually skip the uh, the viral food hubbub when a Krispy Kreme opened near me. And if you're not familiar with Krispy Kreme, if they're not in your area, uh, they're deep-fried donuts. They're delicious. They're extraordinarily sweet. And uh, they kind of melt in your mouth. And they just they taste like diabetes. Mmm! But when the Krispy Kreme opened up near me, the line was around the block for weeks. And so I did not get Krispy Kreme by my house for weeks because I wasn't waiting in line for donuts. And I probably should have done that for this sandwich, but I was curious, so I tried it, and it was good. And uh, I guess that is all there is to that. I was suckered in by the viral marketing campaign. Uh, media got me again. 
They got me twice today, actually, because the big media story today was that Sony and Disney have fallen out over Spider-Man, and Spider-Man is no longer going to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And whether that's true or not, whether they're done negotiating or not, and it looks like they're not done negotiating, it was huge. Like, and if you look at the practicalities of it, Disney's greed is probably the bigger villain in this situation. But, man, it just falls poorly on Sony. Like, everybody's mad at Sony right now. Everybody feels like it's Sony's greed. But you have to understand that while it sucks, and Sony's probably shooting themselves in the foot because the success, the modern success of this iteration of Spider-Man is entirely due to him being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's all they have. It's Sony's last valuable property. Their last valuable media brand is the Spider-Man franchise and things connected to Spider-Man. Like, uh, I saw a meme where somebody was, uh, <laughs> they were like, uh, so, so Sony's like, Hey, aren't you excited now that you can see Spider-Man in a Venom movie? And then they had, uh, the, in the meme, the, the guy turns to the camera and just makes the face uh, at Sony because <laughs> who cares? Who cares about Spidey in a Venom movie versus Spider-Man as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And uh, yeah, Twitter was not kind to Sony today. Uh, Sony stock dropped a little bit. And I just feel bad for them, because I, I don't want to see Spidey leave the MCU, but, you know, my MCU journey is mostly complete. Uh, I was happy after Endgame, so anything that happens going forward is, is just icing on a very large cake that already had icing, so I'm good. So that was the, the big media hubbub today, and most of even film Twitter, who consider themselves elevated in some spots, had to comment. It's fun. Uh, the other big commercial thing, the thing that's got me going, because I'm as easily influenced by brand and advertising as, as anybody else, is that I want a new phone. I want a new cell phone. I have one. I've had it for two years, and usually that's after my contract's over. I'll get a new phone. Not often longer than that, but for this one, a little bit longer, because it's it's good. We, we reached an area not just a couple, probably a few years ago where your smartphone was probably good enough. I would say with the iPhone 7, which I guess came out around the same time as my phone, which is the LG G6, phones became good enough. Maybe even with the iPhone 6, they became good enough. My LG G6 is a wonderful device, and I use it for everything. It's my primary computing device. I love having this this mother box, this sonic screwdriver in my pocket at all times, and it does everything well enough. It has functionally infinite storage because it can support up to two terabyte uh, in size SD card, which is not even something that exists right now. So I got a super, I have a super fast SD card in there. It's fast enough that I can record 4K video to the SD card. Uh, it takes great pictures because the stock LG cameras take okay pictures. You can do lots of fun things in manual mode with those, which is not my bag, but for the pictures that it doesn't take well, I have Google's own camera, their, their soft camera, side-loaded onto the phone, and Google's camera, the, uh, the Google camera, takes the best pictures in this mobile space. On the Pixel devices, they're known for taking the best snaps. So I've side-loaded that camera, it works fantastically on my LG G6, it's given me modes that I don't have otherwise, and yeah. So everything that I would need, the LG G6 does well. It has 
very good battery life. I use the low power mode from time to time, and the low power mode on the G6 is unique in that it still has full functionality in low power mode, and that probably gives me another 30%, sometimes 40, extra 40% battery life. It's great. I just, I want a new phone because I love mobile technology. I consume uh, information about mobile technology all the time, so I see the march forward. My LG G6 is as powerful a device as I need, but the current crop of mobile devices are four times as powerful, uh, not four, three times as powerful as the device in my pocket. What would I do with all that extra processing power? Well, plenty, but it'd be the same stuff that I already do, just maybe a little bit faster. I'd also like an AMOLED screen, I could do higher quality video stuff with a newer device, any number of things. So I want a new phone, but I don't need a new phone. I am perfectly fine with the device I have, but I want one. And the area that I'm considering these devices is in the mid-range. When you're on a carrier and you, you bring on a phone that's subsidized, the price difference from month to month is not huge. It's, it's mostly the same. It'd be $20 versus $30, $35, whatever, a month. But philosophically, I don't want a $800 phone. I don't want a $1,000 phone. I want a phone that is $400, maybe $500. I could even go a little bit over six because that should be the high that should be the high end range for those devices. But it's not. The high end range for those devices is now over $1,000, which I think is ridiculous and I cannot philosophically support. So I'm looking at a couple devices. I'm looking at the LG G7, which is not this year's LG premium phone. It's last year's LG premium phone, but it's still newer than my phone. But that's the bottom of my range. And the reason it's at the bottom is because it has the same amount of RAM as my current phone. I'd like more RAM. So the more RAM phone after that would be the OnePlus 6T, which is last year's OnePlus phone. The OnePlus 6T is a beast and it's it's really future-proof. It's exactly what I'm looking for, uh, except it doesn't support wireless charging, which I don't care because I don't really need that. I just have a couple wireless charging stands, one I use at home, one I use at work, so that I've already invested in something. That's the only reason I would be concerned with that. But it has a huge battery, so it might not matter. It could probably give me a day of day and a half of battery life easy, and I wouldn't have to worry about charging constantly. The OnePlus 6T also has a gigantic AMOLED screen, and a bigger phone would be nice. I, I like the idea of carrying a bigger phone until I'm carrying a bigger phone. I'm like, why is this so big? But uh, right now, I like the idea of carrying a bigger phone, uh, more of an all-in-one device when you have a, just a little bit bigger phone. It uh, has an AMOLED screen, which I don't have right now. I've never had a phone that has an AMOLED screen as my primary device. AMOLED screens are beautiful. And the LCD screen I have right now, it's fine. It's fine. It's a lovely screen, but it doesn't compare to AMOLED. The other device I'm looking at is the Pixel, of course, Google's phone, the Pixel 3a, which is their mid-range phone that they released this year and is doing quite well. Uh, it doesn't have the specs that I want, but I know that it will be supported in software, so security updates, performance updates, for three years. The thing about that, as compared to the OnePlus phone, is that the OnePlus's phone will probably be supported in software updates for three years, maybe even longer as well, because OnePlus has been really good about that. Uh, they don't come out with their patches as consistently as Google does, but they come out with them for a long time, and their, their devices are spec'd high enough that they can actually uh, 
take on these updates without hits to performance. So if I get Google's phone, it will support those updates for a few years, but I, I may see hits to performance uh, over that course of time. Also, Google has a lot less storage than I would like, and it does not take uh, an SD card, which is kind of important to me uh, because I use my phone for media production. And I also use it to just store media generally. I'm kind of a pack rat in that respect. I, I like to be able, and a little trick that I found is that you can cast media, you can use your phone as a media server to Chromecast even if you don't have a wireless network available. You can tether to the Chromecast with a third device and then you can cast media directly to the Chromecast from your local device. And I love doing that. I think I used to do that at my girlfriend's house all the time because she didn't have internet at the time. Very useful. But it's not something that I absolutely have to have. It was just nice to be able to do that. I also store lots of media related to my media production on that SD card. I take lots of pictures because I have a bad memory, so these, these pictures of events and things in my life help me recall these things. Not really a big deal because everything that I, uh, every picture that I take, every video that I take goes up to Google Photos, so it's all there. I'm not going to lose anything, but it is convenient to be able to take as long a video as I want or as many pictures as I want and not be concerned with that. It would be helpful for that uh, if I got the, once again, the OnePlus 6T because it has twice the storage of the Pixel that I'm looking at, at 120 gigs versus 64 gigs, uh, also twice the RAM, which would be ideal. I'm really wanting that OnePlus 6T. I don't want the uh, this year's version, which is the OnePlus 7 Pro, because it has a mechanical part. It has a um, selfie camera that pops up out of the body of the camera and that's just something that's going to get broken. Any physical part gets broken. The, the fingerprint sensor on my uh, LG G6 has been broken for a year because it's physical. The, the, the soldering has probably come loose or, or something. I could probably replace that very easily but then I would damage the, uh, the waterproof seal because the, the LG G6 is also IP68 water and dust incursion resistant. That's something that neither the Pixel nor the OnePlus 6T has, so I'm concerned about that. That's probably one of the reasons I was considering the, the LG G7 is because it covers all those bases. It has the, the incursion resistance, and it has everything I need except it doesn't have an AMOLED screen, which it would be really nice to have, and it doesn't have enough RAM. It has the same amount of RAM as the LG G6, and I would like more RAM, and there's no guarantee that it will get all the uh, the updates that a Google phone would have. Uh, so there's that as well. But I'm sure the Snapdragon 845, which is what is on the LG G7 and the OnePlus 6T, would be more than plenty powerful for what I need. I'd love to have an 855 phone, which is the latest Qualcomm chipset in Android phones. Uh, incredibly fast. Would make a difference to me, really, because I'm not doing anything... Uh, on the phone that would would uh, use all that power. I do media processing and media conversion, uh, video production, all that stuff works just fine on my very old chipset that I have now. I can process video in 4K uh, without much of a problem, so I'm really fine. And then, you know, if I wanted to do a bigger project, I would just do it on the PC anyway, so I'm probably good. Oh, but man, an 855 phone would be nice. But yes, I, I don't want that. I want to be reasonable because the mobile technology that we have is good enough as it is. I don't want to get swept up uh, in the marketing push of anything really, like I did for that sandwich and like I did for the Sony Disney hubbub. 
Guess I can't help myself. Anyway, uh, that is my uh, rambling for for this evening, for today. And uh, hopefully you come back. And, and hey, if you want to have a conversation about any of those things, you can hit me up at Twitter at uh, JonathanBlade at JankyOldBrokeHoboSpiderMan. Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel, JonathanBlade1. You can check me out uh, on my podcast. My handle is JonathanBlade, this podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.